Opinionated Marketers, a podcast from Cambridge Marketing College. Hello and welcome to Opinionated Marketers with Charles Nixon and me, Kieran Kapoor. Charles, we're going to have a little look again at uh, Chatbot GPT and some other AI changes. And you found a, um, an article by a company called Braff & Co, who I, I've never heard of. He's clearly some form of chef. And it, the article was about you're never going to set the world on fire. Well, interestingly enough, it, it, it is about his use of um, chat GPT to do a business plan. Um, and Braff & Co are basically uh, business analysts, it would appear. Um, and um, the article was actually recommended by um, one of the sources that I've mentioned before, which was uh, Tyler Cowan. Um, and the article is quite a cheeky little article which basically talks about you're going to set the world on fire um, using an analogy of uh, barbecuing and cooking um, but really talks about uh, the uses that he tried to make of GPT to create a business plan which is um, really quite um, what's the right word targeted aspect of um, the use of um, AI, um, specifically in things such as, you know, uh, identifying customer segments, um, main competitors, etc. What it really lays out is the fact that if well targeted um, and obviously fed with a certain amount of uh, um, pointers, um, it, it can assist in creating some of the um, uh, laborious aspects of writing a business plan. Um, and I think it's quite interesting from the point of view of automation of some of the aspects of business that we would uh, perhaps uh, ideally want to be automated um, if we were able to do so. And so it, it like a lot of, a lot of uh, the other discussions about it, is that um, it can assist in some very specific things. So write out 15 questions that I can ask potential customers in a market research survey. Um, and recommend specific texts that I could use is two of the questions that, that were asked of it. But the question that you also have to ask is, you know, is, is it a case of uh, garbage in and garbage out? So you have to be quite precise as to what it is that is um, being requested and your understanding of the answers that it might give, which I think is also quite nicely in line with an, uh, a parallel article that you found on the register. Yes, I'm very fond of, of the register um, strapline um, biting the hand that feeds IT. Um, it, it has a particular, um, it's, it's, it has an expert view, but a very particular way of writing about it, which I find very engaging. And there was an interesting article about um, you get the internet you deserve and talking about that there's a, a, a race to the bottom. Um, what I found really interesting was that they were looking at chat GPT not in a necessarily um, in a concerned way about some of the issues that we haven't really addressed yet. And there's a big concern about the element of truth that comes out. There's the great line um, that a lie can go around the world by the time the truth can get its boots on. And it's one of the biggest problems in dealing with misinformation. Um, is that misinformation is often far more interesting um, than <laughs> actual truth or actual information. And, tr and misinformation can be very black and white, and often the truth can be quite muddy because the truth often is, and so on. And one of the things the Register article says is the problem is if you keep 
regurgitating the misinformation, it, in the end, it becomes the truth, even though it wasn't the truth in the beginning. And you as a historian will understand this, that the yes. victors write history. Um, and partly because the victors get a chance to sit down and write it and produce it and produce this nice dialogue that says whatever it is, whoever, whoever it was, the victor was was right and, and it, it all came right, out right in the end. Yes, the, the, the interesting uh add-on to that of course is that uh, it's the victors who write history if they can write mm. um, and write in a language which is preserved and, and that's an interesting aspect because we are in a marketplace these days which looks for instant answers and we take very quickly a definitive statement as to you know what something actually is which may then be um, um, uh, given a nuance later or indeed may be even overturned um, as time goes on but no one is noticing um, and so um, what we need to be quite co um, cautious about is the degree to which uh, these software platforms produce something which is accurate rather than topical um, and in that respect one of the aspects I think is, is that is in its favour perhaps in terms of the buzz, is that uh, ChatGPT has uh, currently got 100 million monthly active subscribers and as of yesterday was full um, and you had to apply to be in a queue if you wish to use it, um, which was interesting because uh, it took TikTok nine months mm -hmm. to get to 100 million users um, and um, it took Instagram two and a half years. So one of the elements that we have here, of course, is that the actual buzz of the social media, um, the Internet itself feeds this hype um, as the latest new solution to all our worries and problems comes along. Um, it gets um, more and more people piling into it. And therefore, as you say, the truth becomes what it is said rather than the reality. And so I think we, we do have to be quite careful about um, um, how we use these. Having said that, one of the, end, uh, I think the really useful benefits is these large language machines, which are able to instill a much better quality of search um, into the search engines. And uh, the discussion has moved to the point at which Microsoft is now considering using its chatbot to improve Bing, um, uh, Google is trying to do the same sort of thing with Bard um, and the others will be there as well um, trying to do an improved version of search engines which Problem will be is, very very useful I think. As ever the search is only as good as it is so really uh, there's a trivial example there's quite a serious example today so a really trivial example is the fact that uh, the there were lots of articles yesterday and this morning about the fact that the Queen Consort is going to wear Queen Mary's crown for the coronation of Charles III and she is taking out the uh, the controversial Koh-i-Noor diamond and putting in t um, th two or three diamonds from the royal family's personal collection which are considered to be less controversial. The article was picked up all the way around the world. It was picked up, um, I saw it in some of the Indian papers online where they obviously they, they have an interest in the Koh-i-Noor itself so there was an interesting aspect of it. The photo that kept being used was the state crown 
on the top of Queen Elizabeth's coffin. Now, the one crown that Queen Camilla is not going to be wearing is the crown of state that belong. You know, that will go on to Prince Charles's head. Minor, Mm. minor thing. It really doesn't matter. But I could see that over and over again, wherever I found this story, the wrong image was being put with it. And you kept after a while, I started doubting, you know, have I got the wrong crown? Have I misunderstood? And it's because, you know, it it keeps getting repeated until you start doubting yourself. Mm -hmm. The other one that came out and it came out this morning in The Guardian and we're recording quite early in the morning and I very much doubt that The Guardian is your breakfast time read. But there's a... um, an undercover investigation has gone into a uh, a company based in Israel that has been running chatbots and um, running bots and actually hijacking um, elections and claiming to be able to change the elections. It's all undercover reporting, um, a hacking and disinformation team meddling in elections. Um, it's it, it's new. I mean, the story broke about five hours ago in a number of m- news outlets. Again. That is the and what they're doing is they are putting out misinformation, then amplifying it by using bots and accounts and fake accounts to get their message out. That to me is a very, very scary um, use of some of this technology. And uh, the register, and I, I apologize for language, describes this the inspe- inspe- the exponential rate of internet shitification. Now, <laughs> this is this is where there is a scariness in this. Yes, we do have to take multiple sources. I think we have to think about cross-checking data, which is why a lot of news outlets now have these fact-checking operations. And we also have to take a a fairly reasonable pinch of salt and and logic with some of the statistics that are often thrown around, um, which might appear to be alarming, but when the calculations are done, actually perhaps are more normal them would be uh, at first thought. So yes, you're absolutely right. We have to be um, um, wary to to what sometimes we read. And in one respect, you could go back historically and say, well, it's exactly the same as it used to be. Never believe anything that's in print um, uh, or look out for all of the uh, various viewpoints that are being put forward by people who have agendas. And so we have as marketers to be careful about what it is that we put forward and believe. Um, But this, unfortunately, to some degree, has to be tempered with the rather um, rapidly um, moving uh, message that often is is heard um, in the marketing media um, and the hype that is given in news. So... um, Coming back to the AI point, I would see it as being a better mechanism by which to analyze the internet than the current one. Um, And um, I think we should look to the degree to which these types of uh, products can be used in marketing, especially when it comes down to the aspect of the ability also to create um, uh, not only copy, but images, soundtracks, etc., and film. Um, and it may well be that you know these are going to allow us to automate some of the marketing communication processes, as well as things such as writing of business plans. I agree, and I think the article that you you found by um, Braff and Co is is very interesting. It, it breaks down. Do you recommend a read of it? It breaks down um, what the chatbot was good at and what it was less good at. So it was. Um, it was good at 
uh, challenging thinking, applying um, standard consulting frameworks, creating creative ideas. But then it was very bad at sort of giving up to date information um, uh, and producing facts. So you mm. needed to double check it, as you say. So we still remain in the, in the brave new world. I had um, dinner at one of our awarding bodies yesterday and much of the discussion was around how this is going to affect the way um, th uh, things are assessed because um, obviously we want to assess um, how are we going to encourage people to use tools which are available and, and should be used? It would be a bit like making people to do mathematics without any form of um, backup to, to calculators. There is a, a place for a non-calculator exam. There is a place for get exams with calculators. Um, in the same way, I suspect there will be a, um, a place for things that allow you to use all the tools at your disposal as you would in the real world and a case for assessments where you can't. But it, it is definitely... It, it feels like while I think there is a lot of hype about this, we are very definitely at the stage where we are wrestling with what we can do with this technology. Yes, I agree. So um, watch this space, as they say. Like and subscribe to this feed for more podcast content from Cambridge Marketing College.